0: You received a call from an inmate at the Department of Corrections. This call will be recorded and monitored. If you wish to block any future calls of this nature, dial 7 now. To accept this call, press 5 now. To decline this call, hang up. Well, hello there k Dog. what's up? Oh my goodness, shut the front door. No, you know, I have been fighting this for a long time. You guys work your butt in there. You're trying really hard to get redemption. You're trying really hard to improve your life and to make a difference in the world, just like anybody else in the United States. And they keep pushing you down just because of this crime that you con- that you committed and were convicted and sentenced for. You know, you're serving your time. You shouldn't be punished even further than that. And now, if you going through, getting classes, and taking courses, and staying out of trouble, you would think you would pay off. You would think somebody would notice that and give you a little bit of recognition. It's about time I heard something positive about that. I know. I know. It, it, it is tough for you guys. You get out, and there's nobody there to support you, and everybody keeps bringing up the past. And You'll get to lectures, and you'll talk to people who are mentors and community leaders, and they're talking about that we learn from our past and we move on. We have to, you know, even people who are former alcoholics and drug addicts. That's something that they they're they're proud to announce that they've been without this addiction for years, and each day is a, a is a victory. With these folks and, and uh, I have nothing against that. I really enjoy praising people that have overcome these great obstacles. And I'm the last person on this planet that's gonna watch a person walk out of prison and then keep yelling about the crime that was committed. Right, yeah, there are people living next door and in our neighborhoods that are committing crimes. And these are the folks we need to watch out for. Those are the folks that we need to uh, get away from the community, uh, not the folks that's already locked up. It's like a bird in a cage. It's so worth two in the bush, or, or something. Yeah, I I, I tell you, I yeah that that's that's a sore spot for me. But there's a lot of things that the the prison system does but this is, this is a step in the right direction. This is really good. And I know there's a lot of areas in the United States where they want to get funding to improve prisons or build more prisons. We should be working on ways to cut them back. I know they're talking about saving the environment, you know, electric vehicles and, and recycling and, and, uh, opening up more uh, farmland. and uh, But why, why isn't investing in people something that folks want to do to improve education, improve health, improve uh, mental wellness? Uh, the United States isn't big in violent crimes because we have more money and more weapons. We're, we're big because there's a lot at stake in our lives. There's the you know, high cost of living, the, uh, the stigma of uh, keeping up with the Joneses and uh, just making ends meet. We have a fantastic medical system over here and we should really be proud of that, but we're not promoting individual health you have, we have 60 a, seconds remaining i'm glad we have a suicide hotline that people can call from anywhere and, and get some assistance and you know that's that's fantastic but we really should not need to get a lot of suicide calls people should be able to cope with things and we're just not working with that but you guys have those tools and, and i'm glad you're taking advantage of it hopefully this is going to work out for you so i'm i'm really happy and and uh I'm looking forward to you sharing that knowledge. You have 30 seconds remaining. Other people, especially your family, they really need to hear this. But uh, kudos to you for uh, completing those courses and staying out of trouble. And I look forward to our next conversation. I'm sure you'll have even better news. Good, yes. You have a nice day too, and thanks for the call. Oh, my pleasure. Take care of yourself. Hello, welcome to AQS Inmate Call. I'm your host, Joel Wilborn. And this episode concerns redemption. I guess that's the best word to describe it. It's, it's where we tend to knock people down once they fall. Now, I'm not saying the United States or people in general like to knock people down and then keep them down. I mean, we do have people that do that. I'm just talking about those that are good people, have a good heart, good intentions, and, you know, they'll they'll go to, to uh, court and testify against people that have broke the law or committed some kind of harm to the community. And they want the people to get locked up, get there, do the time for the crime. And I'm all for that. It's just that, what do we expect? What do we want from this? And I think that's the thing that's, that's being overlooked in here. We are getting this terrible misconception and this terrible, we're being misled into thinking that when a person commits a crime we just lock them up and I guess they're thinking everything's going to be okay with them off the street they're not thinking could they continue to commit crimes in the prison could they uh, continue to uh, decline in their physical health mental health uh, Are they being useful? There's a lot that folks aren't thinking about. Just lock them up. And there's far more to it than that. I, I really can't see any situation where locking people up is going to make things better. Now, there are a few crime stories I read about where folks commit a terrible crime. You know, that's like a rape, murder, uh, beating people, torturing people. And we catch these folks and lock them up. And of course, the families in the community, they don't want them out there with them. And uh, you'll talk to these people who've committed these crimes and they'll say, if you hadn't caught me, I would have continued to do it. And many of them really would continue to do it. You know, I was on a jury that locked a person up that we really felt would get out and continue to commit crimes. And when you give a person a chance and the person doesn't want to respond in a positive way, the prison is the best thing for them. And And that's a hands-down thing. Even when I speak to multiple incarcerated people, I'll get the general consensus that there are people in prison that belong there and should not be out. Even some of the most hardcore criminals say these people should not be back out on the street. And if we were to concentrate on that, the people that we reached out to and tried to help and they're just not responding they just don't care they don't want to be reformed or or rehabilitated or they don't want to return to society maybe they're happy in there or maybe they just know that their mind is just not set to intermingle with everybody else out there and if we were to concentrate on people like that and locking them up we wouldn't need half as many prisons as we have now we could probably have two prisons per state one for the women and one for the men and that what? a hundred prisons and state and federal people could go there I really don't think we would need that many prisons and we wouldn't need to hire so many people I received uh, a few calls from the prison here in in this state and their big concern is a shortage of manpower like one woman told me that good people, people that they really enjoy working with, a lot of the guards that care about them, they're walking out. They're frustrated for pay. They're frustrated for conditions in the prison or their working conditions or their treatment. And they just decide, well, I guess I'll just go ahead and and hang up my hat and call it a day. And then their pain... We're giving a a greater pay to get people to go to the prison and be prison guards. And I know you can see uh, we're hiring for the uh, Department of Corrections quite often. And, yeah, that's all fine and dandy. But, you know, if you don't have that many prisons, you're not going to need that many staff members. And if you don't have that many prisoners, you're not going to need a lot of... uh, prisons in the first place so to me it's like duh why don't we reduce the prison population which in turn will reduce staffing reduce cost and reduce crime why do we need to concentrate on building more and then instead of fixing the problem which is you know people People are the problem. We tend to to work on the tool. You know, I, when I first got to this city, I was house hunting. And I went to this house. It had like green carpet and orange trim and brown walls. It was just an atrocious house. And the realtor said, you know, the, the guy, bless his heart, was colorblind. And he built that house. Well, why would a colorblind person build a house? I'm sure there's some that can do it, but this guy was just terrible. It was—it looked like a cartoon house. And I, you know, the, the the structure itself was nice. It's just, and you could easily work around the, the color coding and stuff on it. But if you're going to go out and you're going to sell houses. And you want people to buy the houses from you. You're going to want to present a house that meets their needs. You're going to want to sit down with them and talk to them. And say what kind of house you're looking for. And in this particular case, it was an inexpensive house in a nice neighborhood. So it had our expectations. It's just that we never mentioned that we wanted it color-coded or we wanted, you know, marble floors or anything like that. And of course, the next time we went out looking, we had to be a little more specific. But you know, I can understand that. It, it, they could go to the the builder and say, you know, you're you're colorblind and you're building these houses. Maybe you should hire a, Someone to just kind of back it up for you. Let you know that these color schemes work or don't work. Or maybe you should just think about an early retirement. But going around and saying we're going to take away green carpets, orange paint. How, 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 how is that going to fix the problem of... Ugly houses. The, it's not AR 15s that's killing people. It's not knives and guns. They, they've never, you know, I, I'm going to say this with all confidence a weapon has never killed anybody. A knife, a, a pistol, um, hands, feet, when they're used as weapons, these have never killed people. It's the people, the people who pick up weapons we we have infants that pick up a gun. you know i've been around many infants and they love to explore they love to touch and hold and and stick things in their mouths and move things around and pull things down because of curiosity that's that's the human nature that's what we do we learn and then we're supposed to be scolded for and taught the right thing to do so by the time we become adults all that's gone but it's a process we go through and what's happening out here is the people when they're going through this process we're not backing it up we're not following up on it we're not trying to uh, offer something that can help deter all this negative activity And I would say if you were to get rid of all the people on the planet, you wouldn't have any more murders. And, you know, you can have billions of knives sitting in a room, but there's nobody there to pick it up. Just like that old saying, you know, if a a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there to hear it, does it make a sound? You know, if a knife is in a safe and there's nobody there to pick it up, will it kill anybody? How many people fear being killed by a knife? Uh, And you're not going to hear them bump in the night. You're not going to hear them uh, scooping across the floor. And I don't even think horror flicks have pistols that jump into cars and, and roll down the road or something. I don't know. There might be a movie out there like that. It's usually the people... You know, and you'll see characters with a ski mask on or carrying a a chainsaw or somebody that's uh, got a mask across their face or hood on and wielding a sword. And I know when I did undercover work, I just looked atrocious, you know, because I had to look like a drug dealer, a drug addict, and anything drug-related, and some of the folks that love to stereotype people would see me when like, I get out of the way, you know, the fact that I did carry a concealed weapon, and sometimes when I'm reaching for my wallet or whatever, that weapon would pop out, and people would, yeah, you know, just freak out, but it's not the weapon, it's the fact that I'm carrying a weapon. And if I walk into a pawn shop and I see weapons behind the counter, I'm not going to shiver and shake and run out. And I've known women that were abused by somebody. And like one woman I knew, she was uh, abused by a man who had a mustache. And so she tended not to be attracted to men with mustaches. And that's her. That's her her, her personal demon. And I, that's easier to understand. And if she had been pistol whipped or threatened with a, a weapon, and then she has this fear of guns, that would be easy to understand too. But locking the guns up and removing the guns from the streets isn't going to solve her issue. It isn't going to solve the issue of the people who like to use them. And I know watching one report, a person said that uh, weapons, firearms, I would say, is the leading cause of death among young people. Okay, so a gun will cause a young person to die. And so we have to get rid of it. You know, a gun is like COVID. Kill people. And I really have a hard time accepting that. You know, he went on to say, well, we have more weapons here, so more likely they're going to be stolen or people are going to uh, forget to lock them up and children are going to get a hold of them. Yeah. But is that what we need to be concentrating on? Shouldn't we slap the hand of the person who did not lock up the gun, who did not go through proper training, who did not... uh, police themselves you know I I would say in school we can teach sex education and we should be able to teach um, self-defense how to properly handle a weapon what to look for especially in grade school I know there was a, a another story I saw where they they put a gun in a room and it was it was a fake gun and there was no way of children can harm them unless they, you know, threw it. So that a cell phone can be a weapon if you throw it. But uh, this particular study, the the woman was holding the gun and she said, don't touch this gun. Leave this gun alone. It's very dangerous. Don't touch it. And she walked out the room. And uh, one of the kids who had said, oh yeah, I wouldn't do that. I'm, I'm not going to touch it. We picked up the gun out of curiosity. And, you know, they're looking at him on this this camera in in the room and and saw that happening and it was just just to draw attention to folks that kids they'll listen when it's convenient to them and they'll respond and they'll do things when it's convenient but then when given that choice they're curious they're going to want to do something and and despite your best effort it, it could happen somebody could get shot or harmed because of that curiosity and in many cases, it's too late. If the person picks up a gun and shoots somebody and the person dies, it's, it's, it's hindsight. We think back on it. But who better to talk to other folks than the person who picked up the gun and shot somebody? The interviews I do on YouTube, these I ask the folks, what kind of advice would you give people? And they're not saying stop selling guns, get rid of all weapons. They're saying that the people need to watch who they're hanging around. They need to pick a mentor. They need to understand that they're not alone. They should talk to people. You know, we have resources out there that everybody can use and they're just not using them. I know I've run across many times where people just didn't know they were there. And uh, that shouldn't be the case. We shouldn't be concentrating on taking people's rights away We should be concentrating on giving people their independence. Letting them know that when you run into a situation, you can get out of it. You don't need to swallow your pride and ask for somebody's help. And that's what they usually think. They can do it on their own. And if things get bad, if they run into brick walls, it's not shameful to ask for help. There's women out there that can make six figures get a divorce suddenly have an infant to take care of and then lose their job and go to a food bank you know family eating there's no shame in that and yeah you were a high class person you, you had a lot of uh, authority but COVID hit divorce hit health issues, all kinds of things could knock a person down and we need to know where to go when that happens, who to turn to. There's churches, there's social uh, networks, community leaders, uh, even legislators and police officers and social workers, government officials. There's a lot to do and we just need to keep broadcasting that, especially in the schools let's teach kids something they they need parents should teach them their gender identity and their um, their look on racism and, and capitalism and stuff like that but the school should teach them the basic stuff on how to protect themselves how to use available resources how to ask for help who to go to this is okay and especially if the parents agree you know if they if they're concerned about it send out a a, a note to the parents if you don't want your child in this class then we won't put put them in there but there's there's other ways of doing it instead of locking people up building more prisons and taking away everybody's rights because there's responsible people who use weapons and there's irresponsible people we need to concentrate on the irresponsible ones and why so that the next group that comes along won't have that issue to, to uh, contend with. Well, I ask that you tune into the YouTube channel by Joel Wilborn and uh, take a look at some of those interviews. I even have a little thing on there with prison slang. You know, so if you just want to kind of take a break and learn about some words they use in prison, that's fine. I talk to prisoners all the time. So it's nice to get that uh That little extra input and share it. And uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, please, by all means, talk about this with your family. And uh, they shouldn't learn this from the streets. And they shouldn't learn this the hard way, like in prison. So go out and uh, have yourself a wonderful day. And make fantastic memories for tomorrow.